Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mercy Talk podcast from Mercy Multiplied, where we are passionate about empowering you with biblical principles for growing in mental, emotional, and spiritual health and equipping you to share those principles with others. I am Melanie Wise, and joining me on this episode is your friend and mine, Dr. Brooke Keels. And we are at the end of our series on breaking free from bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. And we've covered a wide variety of topics in this series, but today we're going to discuss this question. What if the person we believe has hurt us or wronged us is God? What if we are struggling with anger and bitterness toward God? And this is a topic that I am personally very passionate about, and I really just don't feel like we talk about near enough in the church. So we hope that you find this episode helpful and encouraging if you're struggling in this area or if you know someone else who is struggling with anger toward God, we hope this can be a really helpful episode to send their way. We are so glad that you joined us. All right, Brooke, here we go. Hi. I love... Let's talk about being <laughs> mad at this God. This is our, our topic today. We will <laughs> not irritate anyone. Oh my sure. goodness. This one can get really... Yeah. This one can get really raw and very real. Can we... <clears throat> Yeah, so I'm just going to, I'm going to say this. I think it's important. I think you would agree. Mm-hmm. Our job is to communicate mm-hmm. what we know and what we have experienced, right? Other people's job is to take that information and do with it what they will. Yes. So, you know, you are an intelligent person. You go deal with it with the Lord or your community of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because so, this this is a definitely a discussion topic, and obviously we cannot, yes. you know, go into very specifics. So, thank you. If you that don't is like what we say, it's an important piece of clarification. That's fine. This is not yeah. thus saith the Lord. This is thus nope. saith Broken Melanie. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was. It's as close as you can get, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, goodness. no, no. No, I mean, I really do. Not think, on this one, especially yeah. with this topic. I even think about just at Mercy. If you were to go around and talk to different staff members at Mercy, you could hear a variety of different thoughts and ideas on this yeah. topic. This is this yep. can be a very personal, personal matter. And so, yeah, I think we speak a lot from. I know I personally speak a lot from experience on this one. And because I've kind of walked my own journey through this, I'm really, really passionate about this one. Um, But we do, we have a day in our Keys to Freedom study that is titled Forgiving God. Um, And of course, we always get Mm -hmm. an interesting response on that because it's like, excuse me, God doesn't, God doesn't need to be forgiven. He hasn't ever done anything wrong. And so, of course, we're not saying that God has wronged us, um, but we are saying that we can we can have expectations of God, either in how he's going to answer a prayer or when he's going to answer a prayer um, or how he will intervene or how he should have intervened in a situation. And when God doesn't do what we think he will do or should do or should have done, we can mm-hmm. we can find ourselves in a place of just really struggling with with anger, with doubt, with bitterness. And it's something that we have we have to talk about. We have to deal with. So this is a topic that we have, you know, taught about and um, we've written about. I mean, we've done a lot on this topic before, but I will say that when I was reading the book that we've quoted a lot throughout this series, Lisa Turkhurst's book on forgiveness, um, she said something that I just thought, I don't know, it rung true with me. It was just kind of a new, fresh way to say it. She talked about like 
prayers. And so a lot of this, I think, can often go back to, we prayed for this, we asked God for this, and he didn't do it. He yeah. didn't act the way we thought he would. And she, she was kind of referring to that. And she said, I have looked at prayers like Amazon Prime deliveries. I want mm -hmm. what's delivered to look like what I expected and to arrive in record time. And the answer will be delivered to my front door right away. And I will feel so close to God because he did exactly what I wanted. But there's something right. too human and predictable about that being the way prayer actually works. Because then my prayers become orders I place, the answers as cheap as products, and the sender nothing more than a far removed entity that I give little thought to until I need something else. And she talks about how God answers prayers and says, if it doesn't look like I think it should, it can make me question his love or maybe even begin to resent him for not coming through. I want his provision, or this could just be his, you know, overall activity in the world or in my life. I want that to look the way I think it will. And I was like, yeah, we should probably start this conversation there because I do believe this is often where this comes into play. It's that he doesn't act or do what we think he should. And then right. we start to struggle with this place of anger and bitterness. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's, and if you look at it with other, I mean, it, we actually, I don't even think we've really talked about this in our other podcasts, but sometimes you have to forgive people because you just don't like what they did. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they did anything wrong. Yes. Right. And so point. like the, I think that's a, a very elementary argument to say, you know, well, God didn't do anything wrong. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I know that, but mm -hmm. I'm still really hurt and I'm mm -hmm. sad and I'm mad and I don't really know where he's at in all of this. Doesn't mean that, you know, I'm sitting there seething and blaming him for everything, but I, you know, a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when the message is and to understand something like sovereignty and, you know, well, I thought he controls everything, you know, there's a lot oh, of nuance man. in yes. that. And there's a lot of expectations <laughs> that we put on God yes. and, and probably, you know, still do. I mean, even in very healthy relationship, like there's always going to be a mystery with it mm -hmm. and we're doing the best we can. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you, have been in relationship with God for any amount of time and probably prior to being in relationship with God mm. and you have experienced anger or frustration or disappointment. Um, that's a sign of relationship, yeah. right? If I am working with a couple and they tell me that they never get mad at each other mm -hmm. and that they, they're never frustrated or angry, mm -hmm. I have some concerns. Uh -huh. I'm like, huh? Okay. Well, let's talk about your delusion. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Because there, there is conflict and it doesn't mean that he is coming for us in conflict, but the, the world as it exists is one of conflict. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be disappointment mm -hmm. there. Of course, that's your ultimate, you know, if we go, you're the ultimate answer to all of these sorrows and you don't handle them the way I, I want in that moment, of course you're disappointed. Yeah. And I think if we could just be more honest about that, that would actually avoid bitterness yes. towards God and unforgiveness versus just being able to say like, I'm just really hurt right mm -hmm. now. I'm really disappointed. Mm -hmm. And I wish we talked about this more in the church. I mean, I wish we talked about all this more in <laughs> yeah, the big C church. It's just one of the many um, things. The but list. it's just a, yeah, it's just a reality yeah. of our human experience. And so at the end of the day, if your first thought is I'm mad at God and you shut that down, Oh, I feel guilt or shame or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's the enemy because mm -hmm. you are still going to feel those things. And if you're not honest about it, it's just like with my son, if he's mad at me and wants to pretend he's not, yeah, 
that's not, that's not real. That's not true. I'd much rather him say like, I'm really frustrated. Okay. You know, let's work through it. Mm -hmm. So I think that avoiding it actually causes the sickness more than just being honest that I'm really frustrated right now, you know, and hurt and mad. And I don't really know, you know, and you've walked through a lot of grief in the last several years. Mm -hmm. Right. And you've said there's times where you're just like, I don't even know if any of what I believe was true mm-hmm. and, and he met you right there. Mm-hmm. So like, let's give him the opportunity mm-hmm. to meet us in our honest places. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I am mm-hmm. just very convinced that um, it's just, it feels like such a like key tactic of the enemy. Like if I can just mm-hmm. get like people who love and follow God to doubt his character, to doubt his goodness, to doubt who he is, that can be a really significant foothold <laughs> for him um, that can take you down some really dark roads if you don't process it and talk about it. Um, and I, you know, I will say it's, I always kind of like, I go back and forth. I'm like, do we really want to go here with this? But I think it's worth, I think it's worth mentioning that you can't really talk about this topic without talking at least quickly about the reality of just heartache and suffering, because that's obviously usually the origin of where this comes from. And as you've shared, I mean, I think for me, you know, I've, I've, I've experienced some loss in the last few years, but my most, my most significant experience of anger with God was uh, years ago when we lost uh, a baby, we'd been trying, you know, for a while to get pregnant. We finally did. Then we lost the baby. It was just like the, the endless weeping prayers to the Lord that he would give us this thing. And then he did. And then it was gone. Like it was just, and you were, you were very, we were near each other in that season. And I, I think I had to, it was the first time that I really had to wrestle through a lot of this. And I'm going to share just kind of where I come from with this. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it after this, because like you said, we, I mean, there's no way for us to somehow like fully cover a theology of suffering here. And what I'm about to say, there are plenty of very, very smart people people who are smarter than me that would disagree with some of the things I'm about to say. But I think we have to, I think a lot of us have to just kind of grapple with where do we see heartache and suffering like landing here? And I think if we're raised, you know, cause one of the first questions when we experience suffering is how could a good and loving God allow this to happen? And if we're raised in the church or if we have kind of like a an unhealthy view or fear of God, we can just sit mm-hmm. in that question and never actually address it or process it with him or with other people. And I just feel like when that question isn't asked or addressed, a lot of problems are going to come into our relationship with him. And like I said, there's so there's so many different beliefs around suffering. We don't have time to do a deep dive in this, but I know for me personal personally and and some of this mm-hmm. I have come to learn even in my time working at Mercy is that, you know, I would say that pain and suffering can come from a few things. It can come from our own sins or the sins of other people and their own choices. Um, it can be, it can come because of just direct oppression from the enemy, or it can come because the world is simply broken and people don't like to hear that and don't like that to be the answer, but it is y'all. The world has fallen. It's fractured. So sickness happens, death happens, war, floods, car accidents, they all happen because this world is not as God designed it to be. Um, And, you know, Ephesians talks about how Satan is the ruler of this dark world. And so the enemy wants to use your suffering, 
regardless of where it falls on that and whose fault it was or where it came from, he wants to use your suffering to destroy you. Um, and so I think that has helped me just even process in times like when we lost the baby, you know, I had to go like, did God want this? Like, was this what he wrote into my story? And I had to grapple with that. Did I get all the answers? Do I feel confident that without a doubt, I know the answer to that? No, but where I have come to peace with is that, you know what, this is part of a broken, fractured world. Death happens. Babies don't make it. Like, these are the kinds of things that happen because this world is not as it was meant to be. Um, but I'm very interested right. to know, just from your perspective, because I'm sure that you have dealt with this question time and time again in your work with other people. Like, how could God let this happen? And what what are your thoughts on that? How do you typically respond to people? Yeah, I mean, typically the response is, we live in a broken world and God gave man dominion over his home, right? So often the people I work with are people that have been hurt mm -hmm, or abused mm -hmm. by others, right? And so this idea, I think we have to put the responsibility for the times that we can where it belongs, right? So if mom or dad was abusive to you, that is a choice that they made, mm -hmm. right? God does not, you know, interfere. And I, and this is so nuanced. So hopefully you mm -hmm. hear me at face value with this. Mm -hmm. I have the authority to speak life and be healthy towards my son or not. Mm -hmm. I am allowed to make that choice. And will God intervene as much as possible and place people in our lives who, you know, have something to say or here's, you know, are there times that he's going to speak to us or, or do whatever and, and move the way that he moves? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't come in and physically refrain me. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole kind of point of this is that we have free will and people get to make choices. And when we blame God for other people's choices, I think we miss a lot there. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it is important to, like we've talked about in other episodes of this, count the cost, but also put responsibility where it is due. And I know that can get confusing and all of those things, but I think it, in a very simple fact, if someone, if a grown up does something horrible to a child, that was that grown up's choice. Mm -hmm. And what God does that I think is so incredible. <laughs> Is that he comes in and he and I I get to see it mm -hmm, every day. Mm -hmm. But he comes in and he makes the most incredible, mm. healthy, beautiful things out of what unhealthy, evil people or whatever, unknowing people or whatever the enemy was trying to do to break this person's spirit. He makes those good. Mm -hmm. And that's that's his role, right? And when we surrender that to the, to him, he gets to make it good. I didn't do it to you, but I am here to make it good. Um, you know, and again, you get into everybody's personal story and but but consistently, I feel confident in saying at the yeah. end of the day like remembering those things. Yeah. And then yeah, like we live, you know, there are physical barriers, there is sickness, there is, you know, all of that and and it's, you know, it's interesting to how it's interesting how destroyed we seem to get when our hope is disappointed, mm -hmm. you know, and how um, cynicism somehow becomes a comfort. And that really concerns me because I think we're much more resilient than that. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you know, we're much more resilient. I think we don't give ourselves. It's okay that our heart gets broken mm -hmm. and it's okay that we're sad when sad things happen and it's okay that we're mad and disappointed and those don't have to be anything more than they are, yep. right? They're important and powerful emotions. And I think when we allow ourselves to feel them 
and not feel badly about it or feel disappointed about it or, you know, but the pursuit of this world is not that I feel okay at all times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not, that's not what it is, you know? And yeah. So anyway, I I know that can go a lot of different directions, but I think just to answer your question, you know, and the other thing that I've learned is that God is not afraid or offended by your questions. Mm -hmm. He is not put off. He is not angered. He is not annoyed. And you have permission to ask the hard things. And that is what he wants, because that is deep Mm -hmm. relationship, Mm -hmm. right? If you, you know, look at the people you have the closest relationship to, you can go and be like, I don't understand this or that or whatever, you know, the vulnerability that it takes to be honest with our pain and where, what he can do to help heal us and meet us in those places Mm -hmm. is where I just see the miracles happen over and over and over. Um, And then some of it, I don't know. I just don't know. And I won't know on this side of heaven and I kind of have to be okay with that. And, you know, um, and, and I think there's a book and and we haven't talked about this in a while that, uh, is God is just not fair. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, this lady walked through being blind and kind of the grief and loss of all of that. And, um, she has this quote that it's, you know, answers are not what mend the holes in our blankets of faith. Answers are not what will get you through your tough times, but you should still ask the questions. And just as a counselor, I can just tell you that's true. Mm -hmm. We got to still ask the questions Mm -hmm. and, you know, knowing the answer isn't going to fix everything. Yeah. Um, But it's really important that we ask the questions, right? Mm -hmm. Head knowledge isn't what heals our heart. Um, And typically you don't get the answers, by the way, not just with God, but like in life in general, there's Mm -hmm. not... Mm -hmm. That's not typically how it works. Like, oh, well, at least if I knew this, then I could somehow, you know, I think when we start looking for those answers, um, we're grasping for things to process cognitively and not actually heal. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it's, it's nice when you get them, but that's not typically how it works. Right, right. <clears throat> Which I think you speaking to us not having the answers, but knowing that while I do think, you know, obviously the enemy wants to use this stuff to just kind of take us out, I think on the flip side right. of that, God has really beautiful things on the other side of it and healing and things yeah. for our good. And I know that that, I mean, when you were in the midst of suffering, the last thing you want somebody to come up to you and say is, God, we use all things for your good. Like, I'll punch you in the face yeah, right no, now you if you say that. punch like, those people. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah phys- physically assault them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm not saying that in the Or at least like open hand slap. You don't have to close fist to them. Okay, okay. You know, so I mean, even people listening right now may be like, don't you dare. (laughs) Don't you dare go there right now. Fair. I have to to say, though, as someone who kind of came out on the other side of a really dark journey of just some really crazy anger and bitterness towards the Lord. I heard this, I remember in the midst of all of that, um, it was a sermon by one of my personal favorite teacher pastors around that time that we lost our baby. And he, he talked about this idea of like, it, it's, it can just sound like so cliche and not helpful when people are like, God will work all things for the good. But here's something that I did learn through all of that, that I think can, can, can consistently apply to every area of heartache and suffering in someone's life. It can. And that is because he he, he talked about in this teaching how like if we as believers, if we as Christians believe that the very best thing we could ever receive 
is to be reconciled to God through Jesus and abide in his presence. If that's like the ultimate, that is the ultimate gift that we have, then anything that happens in our life here on earth that pushes us closer to that place of abiding in his presence can eventually be considered good. And I absolutely believe that God can and will use the most painful experiences of our lives to push us deeper into his goodness, into his presence, so that in the midst of the deepest pain and heartache, we can actually have and experience the very thing that we need and want most, which is the presence of God. So I, I can tell you that on the other side of this, because I did take the questions and the doubt and the anger and all of that to the Lord, I can look back on that season and say that was the hardest thing I have ever walked through, and it was good. And then that just that sounds crazy. I don't want to do it again, but I would do it again for what I got to receive and experience of the Lord in that season. And there's only one reason that I was able to see and experience the things I did with the Lord in that season. And it was because I was given permission to be angry and bitter and ask the questions and bring the hard things to the Lord. And so when suffering happens, I think we can ask, how can God use this redemptively in my life? How can he use this loss for my gain? Like, what is this pain teaching me about myself about the Lord that I couldn't have learned any other way. And that's why I say I would do it again, because there are things that I learned of the Lord in that season that I don't think I could have ever learned any other way. And so I know, like I said, these types of questions can be really, really hard to even consider when you're in the midst of it, when you're going through a really painful experience. But I would just say they can really, really just position you to receive God's perspective on your pain, to see him, to experience him in ways you haven't haven't ever before. And so I, I'm thankful that, like you said, um, like I would, I would say that you not only have permission to ask the hard questions and to go there, you have to, like you have to, as we've already said, this is not an area that you can sweep under the rug. Um, if you're struggling with questions, anger, disappointment, whatever toward God, you have to tell him side note, he already knows. (laughs) He's pretty aware there's no part of your heart that you are hiding from the Lord. Like he knows every struggle you you're carrying, every doubt, every dark thought towards him. He knows. So there's nothing mm-hmm. um, that you can show him that he's going to be like, what? Like, I didn't know that was going on inside of you. Right. But I right. do. Think, Surprise. What? Like, yeah. Just shocker that that's how you felt towards me right now. I wouldn't have never, you know, he is so aware. Right. And so I think the problem, like you said, is that we're just often not given permission, um, you know, and, and we can feel like it's just disrespectful. We can feel like it's dishonoring, um, as you even already alluded to, like we can we can worry that he's going to be mad at us. You know, we can feel guilt for it. Like, well, I'm supposed to know that God is good. I God loves me. I know better. So if I'm struggling with doubting those things, I can I can just feel a lot of shame in that. And so I'm just thankful that you you just have reiterated the permission and the need to bring those things to the Lord, knowing that he's very aware of them and he's not going to be angry. <laughs> he's not put off. He's not annoyed. He's not even disappointed in you when right. you're in that place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I know for me, I tend to, you know, the seasons we've walked through, there's a tendency for me to, 
you know, be like, well, we must have done something wrong, you know, and sometimes you want to avoid even the whole Mm. thing. But the times when I've been like, look, I know that you're good because you've proven it over and over, but I don't feel it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm really disappointed. And I don't know. I just feel like it allows, it just opens up our heart for him to minister to it in a different way, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and you and I have not walked through the same things, which you know what I mean? And so different levels of grief for different things, but there was a very dark, long, mm-hmm. you know, abyss of a season that I, you know, probably delusionally hung on to like, maybe there's good on the other side of this, but now I have to process it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and looking back, like, why did we have to do those mm-hmm. things? Why, you know? And so I think different people are different, deal with it in different ways Um, but it has only been in my honesty with him of just like, this is what you said. And that is not what happened Mm. or it took you a really long time. And there was a lot lost and hurt and broken Mm. in that, that I feel like he's been able to meet me kind of in those secret places, if you will. Right. So, um, one of, uh, you know, just to kind of keep this going, um, one of our leaders in the UK, uh, said, in order to live a life abandoned to Jesus, you have to name and identify and be willing to face when you felt abandoned by him. Mm-hmm. And again, you have permission to be honest with him. That's what he wants. Even if it's rage, he can handle it. Um, and, you know, part of the grieving process is that you're angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he created that process. I don't, you know, I mean, that's who, how we are yeah. made. Yeah. And often we, we don't actually move through that process and we get stuck there. And my encouragement is if you can move through that process with the Lord, that is where actually the ultimate healing happens and the healing and grieving, you know, and grieving the full circle of, of grieving occurs. Right. And so anyway, I just think it's it's really important that again we just stop you know stop there if you yeah. feel like oh gosh I can't do this yeah you can mm-hmm. you're fine just you know mm-hmm. see what happens mm-hmm. you know what he's not gonna do he's not gonna strike you down with lightning because not- if he was there are so many people <laughs> that would have happened to I was there probably me a majority I would of sure those not times. be here I said some harsh things. yeah I can't tell you how many times my husband's like stepped away from me and been like oh gosh this is it you know <laughs> um, and I just laugh and I'm like he likes me more than you so we're fine <laughs> and so um. You know, but, but I do think, you know, I think that would be my encouragement. Just try being honest with him, right? Just, um, and and potentially dealing with whatever that belief system is that keeps us from doing Mm -hmm. that. Um, yeah. I remember in the teaching that I was referring to earlier, I remember him saying, you know, that we often want to kind of protect people from being able to see like all of our dark stuff and our humanity, if you will. But what is so amazing and and beautiful about the Lord is that he has seen all of our humanity, um, even all of our like darkest thoughts towards him. And he hasn't distanced himself. Yeah. And he's not going to change his mind about me despite me. Yep. I hold on to that all the time. Like I'm not, I can't really do anything to change your mind about me, Lord. That's, that's a really good thing to hold on to just in general. Yeah. Um, It's a, but let's a very important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get practical here because uh, okay. that's what I care the most about. Right. Yep. <laughs> what do we do? What do we do with this? How do we process this anger at God? There's just a few things. I mean, this is not like a, you know, 10 step like, oh, OK, this is this is exactly how this looks every single time. But just a few things that I think 
could really help if someone finds themselves in that place. Uh, and the first one, I think we've kind of alluded to, but the first one is to let go. Um, yeah. <laughs> which that could take a minute. I don't know that this is just like, uh, oh, okay, I'll just let it go. I think that's this in and of itself could take some processing. Um, and what I mean, let go, I, I mean, first of all, like letting go of our own, our own plans and our own expectations of God and what we thought he should or should not do. Um, but certainly another thing we have to let go of, and you've already mentioned this, but we have to let go of the need to fully understand it all. I know for me in this journey, like I had to, I had to come to terms in a whole new way that I cannot ultimately control my own life. Um, and while yes, I have been given responsibility and authority over my life, I am not fully sovereign over my life. There are things that are going to happen to me that I did not have control over. Um, and so Right. Another part of this letting go, I think, means kind of embracing the mystery of who God is, the mystery mm -hmm. of his sovereignty and how he exercises his sovereignty, the mystery of his will. Listen, if I ever hear somebody talk about like or indicate that they have somehow figured out how God uses and exercises his sovereignty and how God exerts his, you know, power. I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to listen to you anymore because that's impossible. I'm like, <laughs> no one has the, this is like one of the biggest mysteries of life. All right. How does God exercise his sovereignty and his will over what is happening in the world? I don't know. No one right. does. If you think you do, you don't, <laughs> you probably don't. This is like one of the most highly debated things, um, by really, 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 really smart people. And so I think we all at some point are have to embrace the mystery of his of of who he is and how he operates. And I can just say like trust me you are going to wear yourself out trying to make sense of everything that happens. Because this side of heaven, we are never going to be able to grasp it. We're not going to be able to understand or make right. sense of all the pain and brokenness that we experience. And and for me, I know I wanted to make sense of it before I let go of the hurt and the anger, but God reminded me that if I did this, if I was if I was bound and determined to hold on to the anger until I could make sense of it, I was never going to be able to let go because I was never going to be able to fully understand it. Um, and so that for me was a big, big, big starting point. It was just being able to let go of my expectations of him, embrace the mystery mm -hmm. of who he is and let go of having to have all of the answers. Yeah, that's good. Um Another thing to do is to trust God more than your feelings, which if just across the board, I feel like yeah. not even it's in a good this world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing. Your feelings are real and they are valid, but they do not always reflect absolute reality. Okay. Indeed. And I just, you know, and I don't mean to say that casually if you're yeah. walking through a season of, of pain or mm -hmm, grief, mm -hmm. um, but that is just a good rule of thumb in general, like a blanket statement for existing. Mm -hmm. Um, and your feelings don't always match the facts of a situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and when we can also be comfortable with that, like I feel this way and it's okay that I feel this way, but also that doesn't make everything I think about the situation exactly true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's when truth can come in. 
that's when healing can come in. And so it's, it's really important that you acknowledge your feelings, that you don't disregard them, but you have to let them serve you rather than govern you. And if you are being governed by feelings and I have, you know, been through seasons of that where, you know, the Lord is like, you've got to get off this roller coaster Mm. because it's not real. It's not real. And, um, it, that just shifted so many things in my life, being able to step off and go just because, and I think if you're someone who identifies as like pretty discerning Mm -hmm. that things can get out of whack that way too, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's important sometimes to just say what they are, but then take a step back. What do these feelings represent? You know, what are they inviting you to pay attention to? Again, for me, if I'm feeling anger, that means that I feel out of control. Because for me, anger is helps me feel very powerful. Mm -hmm. And so I might be feeling weak or vulnerable or, you know, and so I'm like, why am I so... I mean, look, I get ticked off in general just because people are silly gooses, <laughs> but I mean, actual like anger, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like if I am, if I am, you know, especially with the people I love most, yeah. that is a, a strong indication to me that I need to sit down with the Lord and, and process through some things. And so that gets to be an indicator, not like, oh, why are you such an angry person? Or like, mm-hmm. well, they must be wrong because I'm angry. Nope. It means something. So let's mm-hmm. go deal with it. Right. And move on. Um, and so, you know, feel your emotions, but don't confuse them with facts and sure as heck, don't base your faith on them Yep. because that is a very, very, um, unstable foundation, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Basing your faith on feelings is basing most things on your feelings, frankly. Um, you know, there has to be wisdom and, and thought connected with them. You know, that's a pretty sandy foundation. Yeah. And so, cause guess what? Your feelings will change. Yep. And sometimes it's just, you know, you didn't eat a lot that day or you ate too much or your hormone. Like there's a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And so if we let them be in their place, then again, mm-hmm. they serve us. They don't govern us. Yep. And you know, the other thing we know is if, when we are walking through seasons of, of grief, deep grief, or just long-term like processing of it you know, the season of pain will change, Mm -hmm. but we know that God never does. And, Mm -hmm. and, and identifying and remembering that in his character and like the points you just brought up and what God says about himself is frankly way more dependable than anything we feel (laughs) during our times of pain. And so if you hear me and you're like, she's being dismissive, no, I'm Mm -hmm. not. That's you're afraid someone's being dismissive. And that means that you need to take, take your, you know, inventory of your own thing and you can validate your own emotions. You don't need other people to do that for mm-hmm. you. Um, mm-hmm. and the Lord wants to validate your emotions. And so allowing him to actually do that yeah, that's uh, and trusting him to do that. And mm-hmm. then, um, a third thing is to choose gratitude. And I know that seems impossible. I have talked about it on here. You and I have talked about it a lot. Talk about it at empower. Mm-hmm. You cannot grieve well without, having gratitude, it will crush your heart and it will crush your soul. And it was, again, that was another moment in my life that was completely shifted. I was just overwhelmed by so much that was negative and hard and I needed to grieve. And I was like, I am being crushed. And the Lord reminded me of the things to be grateful for, even mm. small things. And it truly gave me the ability. It, it empowered me and it strengthened me to be able to actually grieve what needed to be grieved. Mm. And I think people get frustrated here because they think you're saying like, 
you know, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. at least you don't have, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, cancer or whatever mm-hmm. else that it's, you know what I mean? It is. And well, no, it's other not people cheap you gratitude. <laughs> yeah. Other people you can hit are those people. I was like, if we could just dismantle that, like, I don't need you to yeah. help me compare myself to anyone. Yes. Right. Gratefulness is not, well, at least mm-hmm. I don't have, that mm-hmm. is not what it is. Gratefulness is. Thank God for the people in my life that day. Thank God for the breath in my lungs. Sometimes for me, it was just that. Thank God that I have a roof over my head, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and whatever, whatever that is. And it just allows your heart to be a little bit more encouraged um, through the process. And I think it's just really, really important that that we choose gratitude and, and, and dismantle any of the, the junk. I almost said another word. The junk. <laughs> And almost say it. I thought it. Mm-hmm. See, I have it. You do occasionally. <laughs> Look at that. Um, you know that mm. that people have put on us, um, yeah. trying to disqualify our pain. That's not what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think that no, would be number three. Yeah, that's good. And that is not just like a flowery tip to add to this conversation. Nope. This is coming from someone who works with hurting struggling people in a professional way on a regular basis that this is important this piece is important it's not just you know well the bible says thank god in all circumstances you know it's not it's not which goodness i'm not trying to downplay that scripture but well no because what the but but the statements on that's exactly right it's it is maddening sometimes when god said it it had a lot more weight than you know Mm -hmm. what Yes. Sister Betty has to say about it. Okay. So let's listen to what the Lord said. And when he talks about praising him in all situations, it's because he knows that is what will give us the strength to continue to process Mm -hmm. through this. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're doing real, real stuff there. Real relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Not Sister Betty's. Yeah, at least it's not. I don't at know a sister Betty, know. but I know if look if your name's Betty, which is probably good. You, you shouldn't you shouldn't be referring to an actual person. You know that might be weird. Uh, it's just an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I would an idea of someone, mm-hmm. right? Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So, lastly, um, my my encouragement with everyone who you know finds themselves in this place is is to just engage. Um, I think we often want to, you know, isolate, we want to run, we want to hide from God when we're hurt and when we're angry at him. But that is, if you haven't caught anything from us today, hopefully you've caught that that is like the worst thing to do, to run, to hide, to avoid. Um, and for me, I, I think the story of of uh, Jacob wrestling with God is one of the most fascinating ones to me um, in scripture. And if you don't know the story, I will give you my quick little rendition of it. Um, so one night, this man, Jacob, he's alone. This man starts wrestling with him and Jacob starts wrestling right back. And when the man realizes he's not going to overpower Jacob, he touches the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip is literally knocked out of joint, which sounds like the worst thing imaginable. But <clears throat> Jacob doesn't quit. And The man says, let me go. But Jacob said, not until you bless me. And I love this story because I just think if you, if you feel like you are literally wrestling with God right now, I would encourage you to say, God, I am not letting go until you use this injury to bless me. And the sad thing is, is that I think so many people choose to run away instead of engaging and fighting and and they miss 
the blessing that God has for them in the midst of their pain. What I love so much about this story is that Jacob leaves this wrestling match with God. Yes, with a limp. He does have a limp, but he also leaves with a new name because the man who is wrestling with him says, your name isn't Jacob anymore. It's Israel. And Israel leaves saying, I saw God face to face. So my encouragement to you would be to engage, to fight, to cling to God and trust that the wrestling is going to bring blessing and refuse to let go until you experience the blessing. And if there's anything at all that I know I personally learned in my own wrestling and in my own, what I've really referred to as my own dark night of the soul, it is this, you are not alone in the fight. And God will fight for your heart in the midst of your anger and in the midst of your pain. I remember having this very, very strong realization in that in that season that there was a battle raging for my soul. And on one of my darkest days, I remember telling God that I felt like I had no fight left in me. And he gave me a picture that day of him and I being on a battlefield. And I was just like completely worn out from fighting, really fighting for my own soul. And he just picked me up in one arm. I was limp and lifeless. And he moved forward with him fighting for me, him holding me and fighting for me. And, and I can testify to you all today to the miraculous power of God, because as I just simply chose to lean in and engage each and every day, he did the fighting. He fought for my heart. He did what I could not do. And he restored my hope and my faith and my joy. I didn't do that on my own. He did it as I leaned in and I engaged with him. So, and I, and I do, I remember a very specific day when I was praying and I just felt like he said, it's done. I've won and I can put you back on your feet now because you can stand up again. So I would encourage you engage and let him fight because he will fight for you. He will fight for your heart. <clears throat> and so I hope that those last few, um, you know, just practical pieces about letting go, choosing gratitude, trusting God more than your feelings and engaging, that those can just be some really, really practical ways that you can take what we've talked about today and use it in your own life. And again, as I shared um, in the opening part of this, this episode, man, if you know somebody who is really in that place of wrestling with anger and bitterness to the, towards the Lord, I hope that this might be just something that you can share with them as a means of <clears throat> just encouragement um, and really maybe even a little bit of challenge on how to continue to walk this out and process and engage in this because there's beautiful, beautiful beautiful things on the other side of that journey. So we hope that this was a helpful converse, helpful conversation for you today. Uh, and then if the content in these podcasts has been uh, just encouraging for you, we'd be so grateful if you would help us out by rating the show, writing a review wherever it is that you listen. And if you have any thoughts or questions about anything that we have discussed today, please let us know by emailing us at mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com. And you can find out more information about Mercy uh, on our website at mercymultiplied.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Thank you all so much for joining us.